Happy New Year! Woo! 2022. Oh my word. I remember when it was the Millennium 2000. Oh my god, I feel old. Roll the tiles! So buongiorno and welcome to my Way Thinking podcast hosted by me, Lee Greeno here, live from the Man Cave every week where we speak to extraordinary individuals. Just wanted to thank everyone for their support for the podcast over 2021. Uh, it was a fantastic journey. We had some brilliant, brilliant interviews and we've got even more coming up this year. I know I've been a bit slack with it, so I do apologise. 2021 was an amazing year in some ways. I know it was terrible for other people with COVID and it was a hard slog, but premiered my uh, debut feature film, which of course was called A Kidnap. Um, and that went really well and we raised some money for charity. So thanks everyone that supported that. Um, I'm just currently working on the next feature. I've also done uh, a lot of work with Man Cave Merch. If you haven't seen it yet, pop over to the uh, website, mancavemerch.co.uk, where we do amazing things for Man Caves, Games Room, Home Bars, anything like that, just real cool stuff that I love, um, which all started out with my own Man Cave where I ran out of room. <laughs> and the wife said, you need to sell some, so I did. Um, but that's gone fantastically well, and I just hope you all have had... Uh, the best 2021 you can. Now we're into 2022. How exciting. And to start off with this amazing year, I'm speaking to the brilliant Rain McCormick. Now, Rain, I got in touch with Rain ages and ages ago on uh, social media, as you do with filmmakers. So we share the same interests. He's a big film geek, same as me. Um, and he did his debut film, The Village in the Woods, a while back. And he's just been doing brilliantly with it. It's, it's in HMV. It's being distributed all over the world. Just a, He's doing a fantastic job of it. And it's a great film. So if you haven't had a chance, make sure you watch it. Uh, and we've been talking. and, and event, Well, we've been messaging. And eventually managed to get him on the show in the first one of 2022, which is brilliant. He talks about how he made the film. Some brilliant advice for other filmmakers. Uh, and just a really great guy. Now, remember the podcast, there's only four rules, one no bullshitting, two no judging, three no negativity, negativity, and four have fun. Also, remember, please like, subscribe, rate, do whatever you need to do to interact with the podcast, because over this year, 2022, I'm trying to line up some brilliant guests. Okay, enough of me jabbering on. Let's get on with it. Here's my interview with the brilliant Rain. Right, so welcome to my way of thinking today, and today we have a very special guest. It is the one and only Ray McCormack. Woo! Welcome, Ryan. Hi. Hi. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad. It's like my eyes are quite red. I mean, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, you won't know, but my eyes are quite red. But I have got a cold, which I was just saying. But it's quite funny now how you have a cold and straight away, my wife is told, do a lateral flow test. I was like, no, it's a cold. Yeah, yeah. I did a test. It was negative. I think one thing it's been real negative time, real shit time for people, but the good old common cold, bless it. It's been disowned. <laughs> I know. Right. It's just I disappeared. I know you get, a but sore... it hasn't disappeared. It's back. Yeah. It's... You get a sore throat and it's like, Oh, and it's like, no, we are. And it's, like... I know. Well, it's also, I suppose like there's so much negative press around, uh, oh. COVID. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's really weird, really weird time. 
Um, it's hard to it's hard to know what to say as well mm. about it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Because I think it's by nature it's quite it's quite a confusing time. Yeah. To yeah. some degree. Yeah, it, it is. And it's quite divisive as well, I've noticed. Mm, because mm. You don't, like, for you and me, we're on a podcast now thinking, well, what should I say? What's Shana say? Yeah. What, what's right? What's wrong? Uh, no, and like I think politically, that's, isn't that, it? That, that, that's sad because there's been times, which I've seen, uh, where people have been at the best and it's brought mm. people together. Uh, you know, like when we had the big jab spill out and we, we smashed it. So there's all that good, but the media obviously just want to talk about the negative. So yeah, totally. for me, yeah, we, we know it's there and, and I think you've just got to face it with a positive hat on regardless. Um, because yeah. people have had it, you know, I can understand some people have had it really bad, you know. I know, I know. Do you ever find yourself thinking back to uh, pre-COVID? Even like just the months, like maybe like the the summer before when there wasn't this mm. going on. Yeah. It's a weird thing because obviously you get thrown into it in 2020, everyone was in this, this negative space mm. with this and, and all these lockdowns. And then it's just a recent, I've been thinking back to like, you know, guys like, my God, everything was just so easy. Yeah. Just so easy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think, I think as humans though, we tend to have quite a good resolve and we'll just crack on and get on with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I look back sometimes and I think, but then, but then you think, well, oh, I'm just waiting. I'm just making myself feel miserable. Let's get on. Mm, mm, in, mm, in, 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 and if there is positivity, so we can go to the cinema again. I mean, we're both, you're a filmmaker, I'm a filmmaker. So yeah. anything to do with that is a big plus for me because to lose sort of uh, something you love, that that's got to be mm. the first thing, isn't it? Um, but yeah. So whereabouts are you, Rain? You're down south, aren't you? I am in Eastbourne. Brilliant Eastbourne. Right. So tell me before we start. I always say, yeah. How interesting about Eastbourne? Have you always been down there? I have not always been in Eastbourne. In fact, um, my debut feature, that's that where that pub is, mm. was where I was living right, beforehand. Okay. Yeah. So that is literally kind of almost the village in the woods. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, no, but before that, I'm from the Midlands originally myself yeah. as well. Yeah. So yeah. Um, from Sutton Goldfield. Um, and then I got really into surfing and oh, lived right. in Cornwall. Yeah, lived in Cornwall for years, um, <laughs> surfing. Yeah. And then played in. Um, some bands, and one of those bands, we made the move to go to London. All right. Um, to play and you know chase a record deal, etc., etc. And of course, you kind of know how that always works out <laughs> in the end, <laughs> because I'm not a famous musician right now. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, and there you go. And then ended up down in Brighton. That was with music again. And then um, moved around a bit with my missus and we ended up in the village in the woods. And then uh, after that, got out of there and came to here, Eastbourne. And Eastbourne's great. I love it. Is it? Yeah. What's it? Tell me something interesting, because I've never been. Tell me something interesting about Eastbourne. What's Something interesting about Eastbourne. Okay. So the part that I live in, so there's two. Basically, it's kind of like in the Victorian times, mm. the Duke of Devonshire, he owned this land here where yeah. I'm sat now. 
Yeah. And uh, so it's on the South Downs. Not that far. It's a stone's throw from Beachy's head, uh, Beachy Head. Oh, right, yeah. And he decided that what would be really great would to be basically build a sort of um, a spa town. Yeah. That's what he did. So he instructed that to happen. So you've got this sort of layout of roads here where everything's very sort of almost like New York in a way. Yeah. Really straight sort of roads like that. All the, like, so this, this old building that I'm in, all of these houses on this side were built as basically as second homes. They were villas for people uh, to come down here. It's got, um, so I find that quite fascinating. It's got this real big Victorian history to it. You know, it was set up as a spa town. It's got, the seafront down there is uh, like King Edward Parade there. They took, this is something interesting. Yeah. They, they, I guess they more or less did this by hand at the time. Yeah. They, you wouldn't be able to do this now, by the way. (laughs) They took no one would allow you to do this. They took all the chalk out the side of it. Well, they made these different levels to it. So it's beautiful down there. Yeah. These different levels. But then they took, have you ever been to Eastbourne? No, no, that's what I'm asking. Oh, okay. You'd have to come and visit them. Um, so they took all that chalk, they created these switchbacks, which go down to the sea there. And then what they did with the chalk is that they moved it all up to the other end, um, which is going up towards Beachy Head. Yeah. And they created a switchback by hand, which you wouldn't tell. You think it's just a yeah. normal road going up, which you can drive up. And wow. that was all created from that chalk, and they moved it all the way up to there. Yeah. So that's quite fascinating. Um, And one last very interesting point is, I think this is the name of it, there were some remains found uh, around the Beachy Head area. And um, they date back to, oh, my God, I'm going to butcher this, aren't I? No, I'm going to butcher this. No date of it. (laughs) But, yeah, this is is like very, very early Roman time. Um, So, um, oh, God, where are we going back to now? We're going back early Roman time. Way. We don't need to say the date. <laughs> I really wish I knew the date because I'd oh, sound yeah. far more intelligent with this. But they found these really old remains, which was from a woman who was from Morocco, which oh, I thought right. was really interesting. So it's like a sort of couple of thousand years old. Yeah. So you can see that people were here uh, in this area because obviously the channel at that point, yeah, uh, didn't exist. Mm, it course, was all. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so I find that fascinating. I think, I, think, I think what I find is as I get older, I definitely get more interested. I was talking to my son actually last night about history, and I was saying, look, yeah, when yeah. I, I went into history. I didn't really enjoy school history, geography. As you get older, I'm fascinated by it. Um, mm, and it's yeah. like you say, I mean, you, you talk about the history of something. It makes it so much more interesting. You can sit and story make, as story makers as we are, you think about the story. Yeah, totally. It's yeah. like you say about the, 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 the houses and that. You can see there, your ceiling's quite high. Yeah. A friend of ours has got a new house. The ceiling is here. The oh, garden's, no, terrible, the garden's yeah. about that big. Yeah, yeah, I know. There's no character, flat. And that's not going to be there in 200 years' time. And it's, you oh, know... Well, we, exact, that you say that, this is interesting, because... Um, my partner, Justine, yeah. she's been running a campaign 
which is to save the TJ Hughes building in Eastbourne, yeah. which is a 1920s building. You've got to remember that these buildings around here, because one thing was in the Second World War, mm. the Nazis, they fly over mm. and they, they drop their bombs on Eastbourne. Yeah, yeah. So loads of, there's loads of bomb holes throughout yeah, Eastbourne. Yeah. And uh, a building like TJ Hughes, beautiful old 1920s, beautiful building. A developer, multi-millionaire developer, has decided that it would be a great idea to tear it down for something that you could possibly find oh. anywhere oh, no. in this country, like no. say modern Croydon, to put that in place in the corner. We've got a campaign running on um, uh, change.org. Yeah. I think it's like almost hit 2,000 signatures now. You know, trying to save this building, like you say, because they keep putting yeah. in these bland, boring buildings. It's sad, isn't it? Yeah. It's like money money talks, isn't it? And yeah. I think you're always going to have the greedy people that don't appreciate, have the appreciation, which is sad, really. Totally um, sad. But, yeah. But yeah, but there you go. That's... That's us moaning a bit, but it, it is. Hey, true. listen, man, we're going to moan all the way through. <laughs> well, we're filmmakers, we're bad to make. <laughs> Look, thanks ever so much for coming on anyway. Uh, um, no problem. Because mate. it's like I just said to you earlier, we, we tried to connect. You were from the Midlands, so yeah. we, we tend to connect on Facebook. We know people who know people, people uh, like Simon Cox, great guy, you know. And, and Yeah, Coxie, yeah. Yeah, who did a great job. <laughs> And it's sort of a little community where once you start making films and independent films, you know the pain and the misery of it. And oh, that's, that's a terrible yeah. thing to say. But Listen, it's the realities of it I know, times. I know. And, for and, everybody. And yeah. I think the thing is with that is it weeds mm. out the people that can't hack it. Uh, not Absolutely. in a bad way. But mm -hmm. you've got to love it. You've got, you know, I love it. My, my wife will go, why are you doing that? You're crazy. The days when you're stressed, the days when you're up all night editing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's our hobby. It's my hobby. You know, unfortunately, I don't make any money out of it, which would be nice. Okay. You know, you will do. You will yeah, do. Yeah, well, on, this mate. is it. But, but it's just not, you know, it's the same way as someone might have a hobby running or, or biking or, or something like that. But I think you can't, and I've said this before, it's not one of those things you can just say, oh, I'll give it a go. It's got to be sort of instilled in you. You've got to be sort of a yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what's great to great to get you on and talk about. That. So we're going to talk about Village in Woods, which is your debut, of course. But I know before yeah. that you did music, which is yeah. what you just said about your band. Tell us a little bit about sort of so the music you you're creative, but then that music yeah. turns to film. Tell us a little bit about that transition. How it transitioned. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did it transition? Well, I think I probably came a little bit sort of um, disillusioned about doing the music mm. after a while. So I'd been playing in bands. And um, so I wouldn't call myself like an incredible guitarist mm. as per se, yeah. but I'm a songwriter. Mm. So, you know, very, very competent, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, good with lyrics. And it was, I suppose for me, it was like a really good outlet, the music, yeah. you know, especially for any stresses or, you know, mental yeah. health things, you know, it's just a yeah. great outlet. Yeah. And I think I, that's what I really got into about it. And obviously I was playing live. Um, classic story, you know, you're in bands and then, you know, the bass player won't go flyering. 
<laughs> which always seemed to be the thing for me. <laughs> it was always the bass player. Right? Yeah. Always had, most people, it seems to be the drummer. For me, it was a bass player. Oh, okay, yeah. uh, the elusive bass player. And then, um, so yeah, and then, you know, the band split up and I ended up doing sort of uh, solo work, churning out demos. Then I ended up, because by proxy, you just end up doing a lot of recording, your own recording. Uh, so I went and got a uh, Oxford and Cambridge um, kind of sort of like uh, diploma slash degree type yeah. thing in, in mixing. So I learned to mix on the big SSL desks, uh, you know, the big yeah sort of like 120 channel desks you know <laughs> to the tape to tape you know brilliant really really good um came out did a little bit of work um doing studio work recording for people a little bit of guitar work here and there that sort of thing but i think i got into it just at the time when <laughs> this is the thing man i mean digital's yeah. brilliant but it's absolutely decimated the film, uh, the, well, it has the film industry as well, yeah. but it decimated the music industry yeah. when, it's, when piracy first kicked off. Yeah. And studios were actually closing down. Uh, some studios were, um, there was big effects because yeah. the money wasn't there because people weren't able to sell anymore. Yeah. Um, so I got a little bit sort of peeved at that, but I'd always wanted to, kind of do film but I just hadn't really taken that plunge I said this before on another interview I said I think it was probably primarily down to maybe uh, you know maybe not feeling that I could or yeah, I don't know I think there was like those little niggles in there that I just wouldn't do it because it's a big big commitment mm, isn't it when you do yeah. a film you know, any film from short to feature and um then, what, how did it actually go, the actual transition? I think it was probably on the back end of when my father passed away mm. because it was just such a big moment. You know, it's one of those big traumatic things that happens in your life. It totally changes the emotional landscape yeah. of your life. Yeah. And um, I didn't actually sort of know my father that well. So it was a really, really big thing yeah. for me. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, despite that sort of um, distance between me and him, which had gone on for like a good kind of like 10 years, mm. um, when I got the call, you know, we went up there every weekend. Mm. And I think just seeing someone who was like, he was 67 when he died. Mm, it was just quite young, you know. Mm. Um, seeing, seeing that happen and unfold, I guess just put that spark there. And I just thought, you know, I love music. I love all these things that I do, these creative things. Um, but I want to make film. Mm. And I, I just knew I wanted to make film, really. Yeah. I, I don't think the story is that much different to, <laughs> to other people. I think, like you said earlier, when people go to make film and they stick with it, it's because you're just one of those people. You mm. just you mm. can't not make them. I always think it's really strange to me yeah. when I come across somebody who doesn't want to make film. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, yeah. which is sounds odd, but I suppose it's because to me it's just ingrained in me. And I'm like, well, what, what do you mean? You don't well, you don't want to understand about character? 
What's yeah, that all about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's because it's so ingrained, right? It's yeah, just it, what we want to do. It's what we love. It's, it's that part of the creative part of you that sort of transitioned from the music uh, to film, I would have thought. But it's interesting yeah. what you say there because <clears throat> because I'm uh, similar in a way that, but it wasn't music. So film, when I was at school, I got into acting, loved acting, wanted to do that, but then got into work, did quite well working just in manufacturing okay. and things like that. So sort of yeah. lost... Always had that sort of in the back of my mind, I wanted to act. So I did a few courses and thought, well, I'm not, I'm at, this is out of my league. One, I like to be in control. And two, I'm just, I was watching proper act, real actors and I'm like, well, you, you know what they're like. They're pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I thought, I totally. can't So I wanted to go behind the camera. And then life took over. I sort of got, got married, had kids, things like that. And then there was a few traumatic things that happened with me. Where okay. and I think this happens for a few people where you think, I'm not bothered what anyone thinks anymore. I'm gonna mm-hmm. do what I want to do. Live shorts, and if and I want to when I you know on my deathbed, I want to be able to turn around to my kids and say, I'll give it a crack, even if it's not successful. Yeah. I did what I wanted to do. I did these things that were hard, but I tried them. And I think Absolutely. when you, when something traumatic happens, it sparks that, it and does. you stop. But when you're younger, it's like, oh, someone will think I'm being silly. And but you you have that point where it's like, fuck it, I'm mm. I'm going to make sure you know life's not that long. I'm going to make sure I give give it a go. <laughs> yeah, totally. I agree with you, hundred percent. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's that um, giving it a try. Mm. Um, and I think it's key, isn't it? It's mm. key. I think when I was there looking at my father um, in the state that he was in at that point, because what happened to him was unfortunately he had lung cancer and it spread mm. to his brain. Mm. So, um, you know, I hadn't seen him for 10 years, um, more or less 10 years I hadn't seen him. Yeah. And when I turned up, he couldn't speak. Mm. So it was really, really yeah. like a really difficult thing. And it just, yeah, you're right. It just has that impact, doesn't it? it just, yeah suddenly it just drives you along and you yeah. you feel that that fire mm. you know and i think as well i appreciate not i appreciate but i i don't get too stressed so when you're on a film set or you know what it's mm. like when you're trying to finish it i mean i'm trying to finish the script at the minute it's bloody stressful but when you're on a film set and something goes wrong yeah the disaster because I'm a bit older and I'm a bit wiser, I still feel it, but yeah. you're at the helm and you're like, right, we're going to mm. sort this. Now, yeah, if yeah, I was yeah. younger, I'd have felt a bits and been in the corner crying. But when you're older, yeah. you're a bit more, you step back, look, it's not the end of the world. And it gives yeah, you yeah. that sort of robust, as you get older, you find you've got that sort of robustness that you can say that and feel like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know. Yeah, no, it's, it can be very stressful. Um, yeah, as I said to you earlier, you know, when we first went into doing um, The Village in the Woods, uh, that was going to be a crew of five. Mm. Uh, that was going to be me on the camera. It's going to be quick whips, you know, little zooms, and blah, blah, blah. But a lot of cool actors came on board on it. And um, it grew from what would be a crew of five to 65 wow. to Panalux trucks full of 20K lights, two Ari XT cameras. Uh, big car rigs and yeah it's suddenly like 
whoa, okay, yeah, <laughs> we're rolling. Yeah. And you've got to step up, man. That's yeah. the thing. If you don't step up, then it's going to like crush you. So yeah. you've got to find that resolve inside yourself and you've got to, um, you've got to find that confidence. And I always stay really calm on a film set. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, okay, oh, I'm like a swan. <laughs> I'm like well, an ugly swan, man. I'm not just swanning swan. around, you know. But, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like kicking hard underneath, but uh, yeah, just keeping the grace on the top. That's <laughs> a good, yeah, that's a good analogy. Actually, someone will come and say something to you, and inside you're thinking, "Oh, we're fucked," but actually, you look, yeah, and, yeah, no problem. <laughs> the first thing that I was thinking was, "How the fuck much?" <laughs> I think like um, when when people, this is one of the big throwaway things that people say especially people when they're they're learning on the job and it's normal you're going to say these things but it's like i'll fix it in post you're like right i know personally and this will be um anyone can take this one and bank this one i know that a fix it in post when i hear that word those that phrase sorry i instantly think five grand (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I don't think oh yeah great that looks going to oh, look really pretty yeah. which it probably will it's like when someone says to me uh, bag of starburst I instantly think Gaviscon <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that part you, yeah I know what you mean no. just that association you know what? Yeah. So, so getting on to village so you did some shorts and you're building yourself up and you come to do right. yeah i did two shorts yeah yeah so i'm gonna do i'm gonna do this this debut and so yeah. relating to what you say there I, I i was similar i wrote it to make sure i could do it with a small crew small budget you had your location <clears throat> how but i don't know how i would have felt if that had escalated because i was already mm. i had my little my little and then yours sort of escalated. Tell us, how, how did that happen? Did someone just say, oh, I like the story, here's a load of money? Or did actors come on and then the money? What, tell us about that transition. Oh, they processed. So which, one, yeah. which side do you want to know? Because obviously there's two well, strands all, to this. All, 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 all I'm thinking is, you start yeah. off, you've wrote this script, you've got a little crew, you're all ready to yeah. go. And uh-huh. then, for what, I, I don't know what reason... Actors yeah. started to come in board, money started to come in. Tell us a bit about how that how that happened. All right, so let me tell you about how the actors came on board. Yeah. So um Sydney Keane, who plays Arthur, who is in the top of the pub. Yeah. Uh, I'd worked with Sydney Keane before. He's a great actor, Sid. And um he actually lives down the road in Hastings. Um so you know, we'd worked together yeah. on on both of my shorts. Um, and I, I'd had a coffee with him and I just said to him, listen, I'm absolutely sick of being told that I can't do a feature film by people yeah. who are making feature films. <laughs> this is like, this is getting ridiculous now. <laughs> you know, I'd been to Cannes. Yeah. Uh, so we, I, I started this process of the village in the woods, uh, in tw- late 2015. So I'd been to Cannes. 2013, 2014, 2015. Bearing my actually, my father passed away in 2012, so you can right. see the connection yeah. in the years there. Yeah. Um, I did my first short in 2012. Okay. Then I did another one in um, early, or maybe late 2014, early 2015. Yeah. I went to Cannes again. I had been, I had run a crowdfund for something called um, at the time it was called Brian the Blessed. 
mm. which was a <laughs> little yeah um it was a, it was another horror it was a cool little script um but um i didn't didn't raise anywhere near enough on it yeah <laughs> um it, it was like a couple of grand it was like 60 days of hard work to raise a couple of grand yeah I've been there. um fortunately we 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 were able to channel that into this feature which mm. is great yeah so uh because it just the brian the best just didn't get any traction with investors it yeah. just just fell flat on its face flat on its face over and over again so um yeah, I've been going to Cannes. I've been talking it up, wanting to get a film into production. Everybody was saying, well, you haven't done one before, which is the classic. Yeah. It's like, it's like Michael J. Fox in one of those movies in the early 90s, <laughs> late 80s. You know, hey, you never worked in this industry before. And he's like, they're sweating over like some some big chart or something later. Yeah. That was me sweating over a script in 2015 because I'd turned around to Sid and I'd said, listen, mate, I'm going to have to do the Robert Rodriguez style here. I'm just going to have to use what I've got. And yeah. what I've got is this pub, which is opposite where I live. That's a whole other story, by the way, how that was after doing that. But there's a pub there. There's woods down the road. And there's this big old house over in uh, Kent, which is a small uh, bit of movement. But we could use that. Let's. I'm going to write a film. I'm going to put you in this. You're up for doing it. This feature, blah blah blah. He was like, "Yeah, great, cool." Uh, he said, "I'm going to send it off to um, one of my actor friends who had worked with." Anyway, he sent that to that actor, and he said, oh, "I really like this. This is cool. I'll get involved in that." And then he said, oh, "I'm going to send that off to." Uh, um, I think it was Beth Beth Park who plays Nikki. Yeah. She'd done a lot of uh, Royal Shakespeare stuff, I, and I loved her just instantly when I seen her, her tape yeah. for some, for the Royal Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I already knew Robert Vernon, who was, uh, who played Jason. So I pulled yeah. in people who you know, and then, uh, yeah, it's through that connection through Sid yeah. that, uh, Therese Bradley came on who, as you know, Peaky Blinders and things like that. Uh, Richard Hope, Poldark. Legend. He came on. TV yeah. legend. Hope is the legend. Everyone knows. If they don't know his name, they know his face. His face, yes. Yeah, he is. Everywhere. He's brilliant. He's brilliant, and he's such a. He's, he's so funny. He's a great guy to work with. Highly recommend him. Um, yeah. So all those guys came in. Rebecca Johnson. Yeah. Uh, she's great. She was in the trip with uh, Rob Brydon and yeah. Steve Coogan. Yeah. Um, and uh, who else? Phil Martin, big Phil Martin. Yeah. Phil was actually one of the people that we had to cast in for that. There was another chap that was meant to do it, but it was being really, really difficult in the casting process. Yeah. Um, it's being incredibly demanding for a low-budget film. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Phil came along, and Phil is ace. He's you know, he's yeah. he's massive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, I don't know what he is. I think he must be, is he seven five, something like that. He's a, he's a big yeah. chap. He's so, big. So yeah. what you've done there, Rain, which is great, yeah. you book the system because when I've and, and I've auditioned got people to audition in the past and yeah, yeah. with agents is hard work because an agent will say, You're not gonna have this this actor that I've got until mm. you get the budget and i'm saying well we can't get the budget unless we've got said actor you know a named actor mm. so it's sort of chicken and the egg and working oh through. i know yeah yeah but yeah. what you've done there you book the system and, and i've heard of this happening before where if an actor gets a good script 
you know mm. that is and in the and the actor has got because actors know actors and they all network and he likes yeah, it. Yeah. He pass it to someone else and someone else likes it then what yeah. you're getting is an actor saying i love this script i'm going to be in it the agent is sort of i don't care what you say because the money's not going to be amazing but i love the script so and that's yeah. a brilliant thing what you've done there rain thanks man yeah it was good it was fluky it was fluky but then bear in mind that i'd spent three years before that yeah. running around with something completely opposite and i wrote the village in the woods um or as it was called, Harbour at the time, i.e. the Harbour Inn, which is the name of the, the pub in it. Um, it, it, didn't, it didn't take that long to write. Now, I will say one thing yeah. about it, and this is something that re I really learned a lot through that yeah. process, is that that screenplay uh, read really great as a screenplay. Mm. It read brilliant. As a film, after the fact... Yeah. It was quite art house. Right. Okay. That was a problem that I had. Now, I've hit a point with that because, because when I cut it, it, it was just, I mean, there was stuff in there which I knew I was going to have to lose. Yeah, yeah. I was going to have to just lose it or cut it up. And, and there was some errors that had happened in the production. So, yeah. Um, what I will say is, is that it's, there's an important note in there, really, that, you should just as a as a filmmaker you should push yourself forward to do the action of filmmaking primarily because the things that you learn by doing it are things that can never be taught or oh, picked well. up from a book ever yeah. yeah when you're sat with a footage um, you know, that you shot for three or four weeks and you're looking at something and you're going, oh, it just keeps pushing itself. You know, I can't push it around. It's not going to sell the way I want it to sell. That's the reality of this industry. Yeah. Um, you learn something there. It's very subtle, but you learn something about screenplay. Oh, yeah. And you learn something that, oh, that reads brilliant to everybody. Yeah. But that's an art house film. Yeah. And that's a different, that's a completely different commercial prospect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's that weighing thing, you know, that's what you learn the producing side of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because, because, it, and for people that don't quite understand, you could have someone, and a perfect example is Tarantino, because the way yeah. he would write on the page, you would look at that and say that will never work. The format's wrong, you know, yeah. the way he's putting action in their direction. But, he is, he's in total control of that, and that's his vision. And thank yeah. God someone said, I'm going to let you do that vision. Now, there's the other side of it, which is a clinical script. Everything's mm. perfect, and that's given to a director to take yeah. on board and, and put his vision. So there's those two, yeah. two different sides. And I know, it's, I know what you're saying, because you've got your script, which you believe in. You've got absolute vision. But will it, will it work? That's the difficulty, isn't it? <laughs> you cut a new film. So yeah. you, you shoot, they, it's the old saying, right? You go out, you shoot a film, and then you make a new film when you cut mm. it. Yeah. And there's, there's so much truth to that. Um, yeah, and so you might have a beautiful sort of almost, um, which I had. I'm saying is a beautiful because it was what I had. Yeah. I had a 10-minute sequence of possession of Nikki in the film. Mm. I had a completely different ending in this film. Oh, right, okay. There was, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a completely different cut of this movie that I've got. 
Um, and I've still got this and I've tried to see if some distributors will take it on as a behind the scenes uh, special bit um, extras. Yeah. This is a 10 minute sequence beautifully shot yeah. by Burnt Vice uh, in the top of this pub. All track shots, slow motion. It lasts for 10 minutes. She goes to get pick up the headdress, which you see in the dream sequence now in the middle of the film. Right. That was the ending. Right. And um, it read beautifully. It worked beautifully as a shot isolated. In fact, it worked so beautifully that this one producer played it over and over and over at mm. Hospital Club on the cinema screen there. It's just like, put it on again, put it on again, put it on again. But in the context of the movie, yeah, it didn't, yeah. it just didn't, yeah. like, it didn't marry correctly. Yeah. You know, and that's something that you really do learn. Um, yeah, there's nothing like that school of hard knocks to learn, I don't it's think. Not a kid, Do you it's agree not a, with that? Yeah, oh yeah, completely. It's like Kill Your Darlings. I mean, I worked on a script uh, with a producer for five mm. years and it, and it died a death in the end. Wow, end. five and, years. Wow. And he gave me notes upon notes and I absolutely crucified <laughs> this script I love. And a lot of the time he was right, don't get me wrong, but there were certain things I was questioning and all okay. for nothing. And yeah. it's, it, it's difficult because... You do have to step back a little bit and think, am I, is, am I being too precious? Because you do have yeah. to understand that, yeah, it'd be great if you could write a, your own check and say, I'll do this film. You know, we say about Tarantino, exactly how I want. But the reality is we're trying mm. to accomplish something that then maybe gives us another platform. So, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think you have to respect, and I'll get this from a lot of new writers or semi-scripts sometimes say, what do you think? You've got you've got to take on those those producers telling you notes, and you just have to. You have to, you have to trust yeah, it. Absolutely. You have to trust it. It's painful. Yeah. Who are, you know who am I to say? I know. No, I totally agree. And I've yeah. been sent uh, enormous amounts of scripts since since obviously the Village in the Woods came out, um, and um, sadly, all of them, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah. make. It's difficult. They're just they're just something lacking in there. The the there's a lot of plot driven things as we were speaking about early in this before we came on. Um, yeah. You know, character. Uh, it's really, 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 really key to me now. It's yeah. a huge thing to me. Everything that I write now, yeah. uh, all my plot comes from character and theme. It's not just yeah. plot. Yeah. I might have an idea and a vibe for something that I really like. Yeah. But like my new film that I'm doing next year. That's a character-driven story. It's got some really nice, big action crime yeah. moments in it. Yeah. But everything means something on the screen. Yeah. Every single moment of action Body. is not just plot filler. It yeah. means something to what I'm saying thematically, yeah. or it means something because the character and the energy comes from that. Yeah. And if I could just try and explain that to some people who are new to writing mm. and actually have them listen to what I'm saying... But they often don't. And um, I, think, I think, like, it's a hard journey to go down that with writing, I yeah. think. That's what I've found it, it, in the I past couple of years. Yeah, I, I totally agree. But I'll tell you what I've noticed is yeah. over the last few years, if you watch cinema, you watch uh, TV even, mm -hmm. it's a lot more going that way where yeah. a, character, a character can say nothing on screen 
but they can mm. be thinking absolutely everything. So it's how you purvey that into a, into a script. And I think a lot yeah. of new scripts, are like, and I'm saying, look, I'm no expert, need to keep putting it on the paper, uh, you know, and mm. they're saying everything. But the reality is some of the best actors, you'll watch the films, the characters are saying nothing, but they're thinking everything. Um, yeah, absolutely. No, there's no flatness there. It's all, there's no. always... It's always moving forward. So I know exactly. And, it, it, and after you've made a film, I mean, especially with me, I appreciate that a lot more now. I appreciate mm -hmm. holding that you don't need to be chopping and ch changing and editing. Hold on the, hold on the actor and let, let them do the work. I suppose it sounds a bit, <laughs> you know. No, no, you know what? It's really you know what I mean? Because, yeah, yeah, I do know what you mean. And I think there's a, there's, there's a place for... There's a place for a lot of the stuff that that appears, say, on um, <clears throat> one of the streaming platforms. <laughs> Being really political here, you know, like, yeah, I'm not going to say sure. who. But yeah. Let's just say that one of the very popular streaming platforms, there is a lot, as Scorsese said, content. Yeah. And uh, that's cool. That's fine. There's a place for it. Some people just want to escape. And the way that they want to escape is they just do want something that's plot driven. That's what they want. They want lots of explosions, et cetera, et cetera. And that's fine. But what I'm saying is that you could make those explosions actually even more intoxicating and more engaging to, to someone viewing it. If it actually comes from the point of what you're saying what you're actually trying to say. And that's, that's the origin of story, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Story is the way that we have, throughout history, have taught things to one another through word and mouth, you know? Yeah. And um, I think it would be very, very sad if, it, if the, the quest for content yeah. squashed out that side. And I think that, to me, that's what people like Scorsese were saying recently. I know Ridley Scott has done. <laughs> Yeah, and I love Ridley Scott's work. And I really did like um, The Last Jewel. Oh, brilliant, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I thought it was actually fantastic. Jodie Comer's movie, oh, Out and Out. Uh, and I really wish that she'd had more screen time mm -hmm. because I think like she really warmed up through the, through the film. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. there's a real... And I'm going to spoil it here for everybody who hasn't seen it. Yeah. But... <laughs> Um, at the ending, there's when you've got Adam Driver and he's just at that point where um, Matt Damon's about to uh, deal the last blow and you just get that quick shot of her little slippers, her feet, and she stood there and she shuffles forward. Oh, yeah. And it's just that moment and that's a subtlety, a story and theme and message of what he's saying. Now you take yeah. that from what you want to take, yeah. Yeah. but it's a subtlety and I feel sometimes in in some of these sort of content-driven ideas on these platforms, that the subtlety goes out the window. Yeah, yeah, I totally. Beat, yeah. beat, 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 and yeah. you know, um, so sad to see that you know Ridley yeah. Scott's brilliant movie didn't get yeah. that platform. I, 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 and, and what's great about that film, it shows you the different perspectives, <clears throat> and just yeah, something as, as simple as when she goes into <clears throat> a bedroom and shuts the door. Each time, it's a different way from a different perspective, and little things yeah, like yeah. that a lot of people won't notice. But consumers 
are a lot more frenzied now and want big thematic things straight away, take it in, want to know the story, want to know the ending. And that is driven, and I suppose this is why Ridley slags off superhero movies, by a lot of superhero movies because it's, it's what says on the can, it's straightforward, it's this is bad, this is good, this is the ending, big battle. But yeah. what we need to be careful, what we need to do, I suppose, and what I try and do with my kids is educate mm. them. So get them watching films and talk to them about the films afterwards. And, and they're like, yeah, it sparks that into life. And, and yes. touch wood, they take it on board. But I think if you haven't got that, and not everyone's into film, let's, you know, but if you've got kids growing up just on Marvel and <clears> they <throat> lose that beauty, that yeah. is, you know, my son the other night watched for, uh, Train Spotting for the first time. Brilliant. And I was like, look at any. What a moment. He's talking <laughs> to me about the scenes and the things that were happening. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I was so crazy. And, and, and I was like, yeah, we were talking we for hours about it. And I think that's, that's sad good. that we're, li- we're losing that a little bit because of consumerism and, and, and the big. Oh, absolutely. You know, which yeah, is. Yeah, we're not losing that in this house either. So, yeah. <laughs> you so. know, we're, we're really into film. Um, we're really into that. And one thing I will say, though, is that. If you look at how popular Joker was, um, Joker, even though it did, you know, did pull um, themes and tones from clearly pull yeah. themes and tones from Taxi Driver yeah. and uh, King of Comedy, yeah. um, but Joker has got a real, real thematic vibe to it. Yeah. It's yeah. really got an, like an undertone and an inner rail to his character running through, and people went, people were hungry for that mm. film. Mm, that film yeah. was a big, big hit. Yeah. So it shows you, though, that people still, still love just story well told. Yeah, definitely. You know? and I no think, matter what the budget is, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I think it's important people like Todd uh, mm. make those stories. <laughs> but as a filmmaker, you and I both know that wasn't easy for him to get that made. That no. trying to convince people to take Joker, luckily, mm. in someone who'd made The Hangover. And yeah. Luckily, we need filmmakers like that. That really, I mean, thank God he's at top of his game. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it, he went through a lot to try and get that made. And if if he hadn't have pushed, and we never had the Joker, we might absolutely. have had another Jared Leto Joker. And yeah, it goes down another notch again. So so it's it's positive yeah. when we've got people like that like that on board. Yeah. Definitely. Hundred percent, and what a great movie that was! Mm. You know, it was just so good. I knew we'd geek out shot. like this. I knew we'd geek out like this. Oh, we're gonna have to geek out. This is gonna be the geek out episode. It's Christmas. I know it's we great. I mean, what I love about that. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is another level. Anyway, we've known that for mm. years. Uh, but I love the mm. little stories, and when he did the dance in the toilet, that's just perfectly him. Where it was oh, listen, uh, and um, and that, and what we were just saying in there about. Yeah. You know, that is an actor at the top of his game. He doesn't need mm. a script for that scene because he knows what the character's thinking and he'll, and he'll purvey that. And when you see stuff oh, yeah. like that, it's beautiful, isn't it? I know. And then you get somebody, um, oh, I'm not going to butcher her name. Is it Hilda, who is the uh, composer? Yes. The female yeah, yeah. composer. Yeah. The sound. Wow. wow. Dude, dude. She <laughs> smashed it. She smashed it out of the park. Yeah. Full respect. And seeing him in that toy, just doing that dance and that, that the way the music comes in with that oba, you know, oh, the cello. And, 
Yeah. It's just like the marrying there of the cinematography as well, mm. the color grade choice. Oh, yeah. It just made something so rich yeah. as a film. Really um, That, yeah, the public just lapped it up, didn't yeah. they? So they will do it. They will do it, but we have to give it to them. Uh, Yeah, yeah. some some won't go looking for it. You know, I'll say say to my son, "Have you seen Twelve Angry Men?" And he'll go, "Oh no." Now I know he's he's inquisitive and he likes films, so he'll watch it. Whereas a lot of other kids will be like, "Oh, black and white, I'm not watching that rubbish." So right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting that mindset of the inquisitive. Oh, Citizen Kane, I watched that. I know, right. Yeah, yeah, or so. Fellini, Fellini. Uh, yeah, I know. You know, watch Roma. You know, yeah, like know. it's an incredible movie, Roma. You know, oh, it's 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 like the, the, there's a there's a sequence in Roma on that motorway on the freeway. Yeah, which like it starts with that. If I recall, I watched it a few months ago again. Um, but it starts with a, there's a bombing, there's an air raid yeah. siren going and the yeah. woman runs along an underpass and she says the children yeah. haven't got out. Yeah. And the guy runs along and then the next thing we cut into this freeway as a camera crew of filming. And when I first seen that, I was just completely taken by the power of movies. Because oh, well, Fellini's Fellini was almost borderline in horror sometimes. Mm. You know, like at the start of Eight and a Half, mm. where you've got um, oh. you've got him floating there in this dream, tethered and being pulled on the tether, and then let him go, and they pull him, and he falls into the sea, or like in the car at the start, and he's trying to get out. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, my God, this is this is. To me, this is what film is about. Film yeah. should be rich like that as well, you know? Yeah, and what people like Fellini just, did. It shouldn't be just straightforward where you've got to start, middle and end. And, and you talk about Fellini, no. and, and I'm a big fan of foreign films. So that's another thing that I try and get my kids into, watching foreign films. Um, you know, we're big on Korean films. My son loves Korean films. I'm a Mac because, okay, yeah, And it's yeah. because I don't want... Sometimes I don't want to start middle and end. I don't. I want it to be messed up. I don't want the hero to live all the time. Mm. I want to question everything. You know, a few yeah. years ago we watched um, the Wailing. I got him to watch that. Have you watched that? Uh, and, no, I'm not. I'm going to watch oh, the Wailing. Need yeah. to watch that. It is. Just, is that Wailing as in W A I? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was on uh, Netflix, but that is stunning. And you'll okay, come out. And you, you just can't. You can't. Your mind just can't. Stand still, watch that film, Rain. It is, it is. Oh, I'm definitely, I'm going in, mate. I'm going in. It's a, it's a career, and you'll love that, mate. Anyway, right, let's get back to visuals <laughs> now. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Now, one thing I said, um, <laughs> and I talked about this recently, because um, thank God we've I finally had a premiere of our of my film, and, and which was great. Congratulations. Still, thank you. We're still doing distribution. We'll touch on that in a, in a minute. But yeah, yeah. One thing I said is a lot of it is illusion because. Because it was low budget, there's a lot of sounds that you don't hear that I've had to put on, you know, colour mm-hmm. grading, masking. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an illusion. And when you're low budget, it's all about you're at the helm of it. You know, if you had a Marvel film, you've got a team and you've got anything's possible. Yeah. What True. I loved about your film is the different illusions little thing you know the smoke the the grading is spot on the sound i noticed the sound straight away because i have 
been through hell with my sound. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. but and and people won't even notice. They watch the film, go, oh, it was great, and you think, oh, and I'm glad they don't I, notice. Yeah, that's, that's the, the point. Great thing. Yeah, yeah, but tell us a little bit about about creating those things on on villages in, in the woods because yeah. it was great. I, I can't really say. Tell us about that one thing you did. No, okay. Um, uh, one thing you... specific. Yeah, well, I'll say one thing specifically. Mm. Uh, the pub that's in the uh, film, The New Inn, uh, sits on a, a main busy A road. Yeah. So um, there's constantly traffic running up and down <laughs> past that film set where we were shooting. I it, went to call it a film set then. That's what it became to me. Um, and so in the film, as you can see, there's nothing, yeah. there's, you know, there's no, no, no noise. It's just silent. It's just wind yeah. and footsteps and things like that. That was a big, that was a big mission. We had a guy called George Hippock yeah. in Germany and he did the proper full on Foley track, the real yeah. deal, yeah. the thing with the wooden blocks, the studio where they record yeah. it all. He had a team of four, um, I'd, What's the correct name? I suppose Foley artists, I guess. Yeah, yeah. He had a team of four of these uh, peeps, and they they created this beautiful um, Foley track. In fact, oh. it was so beautiful to me. It was so beautiful that when I first just heard that on the film with um, just the ADR dialogue, I just thought I don't even. I was going to be really brave. I was like, I'm not going to put any music in this film. Wow. Period. Yeah. I'm just going to keep this because it was just so for me personally. But of course, again, that's just a personal taste <laughs> thing. And uh, that probably wouldn't have sold it the way it sold. So um, we did that. The illusion stuff, obviously, yeah. Um, we had to take out the the main road, obviously, in visual effects. It, Any with, car... With Sorry, with with the car, because yes. that sounds to me like an absolute nightmare. Film. Massive nightmare. And then a car come whizzing past when you've really got to take. How did you? It, do all that? all dialogue was ADR. Yeah, I thought all of it. Yeah, every every bit. But we did use once again. We used a really great team. Max Hoskins. He's got something called uh, Yurt ADR. Nice. They turned up in 2017 with their acoustic tent to set because we as you. Wow. No, we shot in two sections, two years, over two years. Uh, and they turned up, I had a picture lock, more or less. Um, so that's, that's so, a lot, that, 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 for me, Rain, that must have been quite a relief to you. Because yeah, to me, huge. I, 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 doing ADR would have been hell. We, we did a little bit, but to try and get the whole team. So, but, so part of having that nice bit of budget gave you that bit of relief. Oh, they were absolutely fantastic. And yeah. the great thing with people like Max Hoskins, which are, I'll say his company again, Yurt, AD, Yurt ADR, I think it yeah. is. Um, they're just really flexible. And yeah. they love working with everybody and anybody. So, And he's really, really... I mean, this guy, Max, has, has worked top, top level. Yeah. And then he started this business after the fact. Yeah. So he was great, man. He was very physical with the actors. You know, he was moving them around yeah. as well by their shoulders, getting them when, when they were running or anything like that. So that was really good. So we'd had George Hiphog do the photo track. Yeah. Full photo track. So that was all the car noise. Oh, everything wow. was gone. 
We had the full ADR track done by Max and Milos was his uh, partner in that business. Um, and then we had the visual effects done by uh, one chap in Brighton and another person that took on a lot of it was a visual effects guy called Dusan Struger who had done things like Avengers. Mm. He was a visual effects producer. Wow. So he brought on this team called Brink, Brink <laughs> VFX from Hungary, I think they are, yeah, yeah. maybe, Hungary. Uh, and they did all the additional things, uh, the tracking, the removing. Like cars had to re- be removed from the pub window. Yeah. Oh. There isn't one in there. There's the nothing. Insane. I know, I know. So when, when people are sort of like, you know, they've come onto IMDb and they've slated it down, oh, and it's like, oh, yeah. you know, and all that, right? Well, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, um, you know, you kind of like, you think, oh, God, if only I could reply and say, yeah, you try and take a yeah. pub on the main A road and turn it into nothing. They would because enough. that was the point of the film. Yeah. The point was in the movie, um, you know, the point was that we are in uh, the promise is nothing. Like there is nothing. It's all a it's all a stupid smoke screen. That's the point of it. It's sort of like the rich versus the poor. It's sort of like people being manipulated and used. It's the five minute of fame analogy. It's meant to be like that. It's meant to show that at the end of it, there's nothing. It's just, yeah. it's all just a game ultimately for somebody else though, who will capitalize on that. Yeah. I.e. like we see currently with things like, I don't know, maybe Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> with Facebook, <laughs> you know, do you yeah. know what I mean? It's those yeah. sort of things. So, um, yeah. but yeah, so we, you had to, we had to, going back to what you said, um, yeah, you had to take out all those things to create the illusion of, there being nothing there yeah and you did it being empty i mean you did it it was it was fantastic and i'd seen i think you had a little behind the scene thing where you showed the start when they come to the pub before and after i think i watched that a while back so i knew yes yeah 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 yeah, i saw that yeah Yeah, and and so i knew the car goes whizzing past yeah Yeah. I, i know i understood that but i knew you'd been through a lot and the special effects because i was going to ask you but you've just answered that yeah they were really good really crisp and spot on like when the guys at the stake and they're burning him at the stake the flame oh yeah 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 really good because sometimes they can be a bitch to do uh when the guy turns at the end with the horns and that i thought that was spot on and you and your timing so when you show a reveal to when you cut is perfect because some people will over-egg it because they think, oh, it's a great shot. I want to stay on it. So, you know what I mean? So your time Thanks, man. Like that was brilliant, mate. Really spot on. I really appreciate that because, it, as you know, in cutting the movie, oh. um, it's, 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 it's really tough. And yeah. I, had, I was really fortunate to have Owolotti. Mm. But this was, this was a lot, lot later in the cutting of the film. Yeah. But Owol came on board. Now, Owol is a guy who, back in the early 90s, he, he, I think he almost won a BAFTA for things like Cracker. Yeah. Um, and then he was the guy who cuts, I think, season one of Game of Thrones. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. No, I was really, really fortunate. That came from Max, that contact. So I didn't know anybody. Yeah. It was very, very hard when we shot that film yeah. to actually get any editors to yeah. come and cut, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I know is a problem for a lot of people. But... Um, 
Oh, came on board. Really, really generous guy again. He came all the way down to us, to the village in the woods, uh, came down from London on his own money. Like, bless him. Really nice guy. Came down, sat in my edit suite and helped me do a snip cut on it and, and just tighten up areas. Yeah. But I got at that point, I got to that um, point where you kind of know, you know the rhythm, you know the feel of what you're saying. So you just cut, 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 cut. And yeah. it's sort of like the way like Walter Murch says, you know, you just know, mm. you can feel it, the cut. Yeah. And what I was going to say is in line with what you said about cutting away from things, um, there were moments where I did think to myself, should I hang on? Should I stay on this a bit longer? But I just thought, you know what, sod it. Just, just, just be yeah. brave on it and just let it go because this is the way the story wants to be told. Yeah. It's not meant to have a long, drawn-out third act. Yeah. It's meant to be shorter because the actual summary the idea is that there is nothing at the end of it apart yeah. from that. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, and, yeah, and, so we, yeah. And, that is, and, and what you say there is great because, and, and it goes back to the start of the conversation where you're saying you learn so many things from filmmaking. One yeah. of the big things I learned with, with <laughs> editing, because I edited the lot myself, um, the editing I did at the start and when I used to do short films compared to my editing now, there's not an inch of fat anywhere. I am just brutal. Beautiful. And it's because... Yeah. And, and, and when we did mine, we did a lot of long shots and we tried to trail it into another long shot. And sometimes I'd get quite frustrated with sound or the picture or the focus. And it got to a point where I thought, hold on, I'll just cut it to black. The sound will continue and then we'll start mm -hmm. again. Now, yeah, why not? three months ago, I would, have crawled, I would have had sleepless nights about that. <laughs> Six months later, I did it and thought, fuck me. You know, and I know. I'm I do, yeah. on the screen, but there I am. And, and it's yeah. that you can't put a price on that kind of education, can you, mate? You can't. You can't. And when you're in, right in the battle of it, yeah. you learn that. And I remember a, 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 another seasoned editor uh, said to me um, during the sort of like the second half of me cutting the village in the woods, they were just like, listen, no one cares. No <laughs> one knows, right? No one knows that they walk down the back of the pub. No one knows what it looks like, Rain. No one geographically knows. Yeah. Just cut. And I was like, no. <laughs> so I was doing those sort of silly mistakes that you make at the start where you kind of like you hold too, like you're saying hold too long. So I, got, I guess I got some of that stuff from this chap, Malcolm Crow, his name is. Yeah. Brilliant editor, but very, very snappy editor. He's like, zap, 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 And um He's just said, like, get rid of that, get rid of that, get rid of that, get rid of that. Yeah. And it got around to the point where I was doing it. So there's like a moment in the film where one moment uh, Nikki is sort of at the, uh, above the fire, by the fireplace, and she's looking at a photo of Richard Hope. And I was like thinking, oh, God, how am I going to get her out the door? How am I going to get her out the door? And then it was just like, just cut. <laughs> you know, just cut to a pick and a coat up. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it works yeah and it's those little tiny things you learn yeah. that you kind of do sometimes see on other projects where people they they haven't got that bit yet they haven't understood yeah. that yeah but you can just cut no one just tell the story yeah yeah just cut. yeah and, and we talk about cinema now i think mm. one thing i would say is people are a lot more attuned to that they're a lot more yeah. intelligent to that kind of thing. And maybe that's because of, we say about consumerism, because they want something to happen straight away and they don't want the straggly bit. 
Um, and yeah. we still get that from amazing filmmakers. Don't get me wrong when it's the right time. Um, yeah. But, but, but if someone sees something and you want them to understand that you don't need to tell them now people no. know exactly, you know, where they've been. I mean, you look at some films now, you don't even, someone's holding something in their hand. You won't even see what they've got in the hand. Even if sometimes it's a gun in the hand and you won't even see that. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm thinking of the guy who did uh, Sacred Deer and Yogamus. Oh, I can't remember his name. He did. Dog- oh, yeah. Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah. The guy who did that. He did one. His first film, I think it was called Dogtooth. And he's doing a shot. Oh, yes. People's feet. And you're like, what? <laughs> you know, just people's feet. So you think, well, if he can do that, why am I even bothering? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's some things you can get away with as well, though. But I'm a big sort of fan of, like, if, if, if somebody's that confident and has that, that amount of conviction as a filmmaker to show, you know, however long that shot was of just feet, mm. then fine. Oh, God, know? yeah. yeah. It's just the other side to it is the selling of it later yeah 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 (laughs) that's a big problem here yeah 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 Yeah, and we're talking about people on top you know at the top of the game really um anyway right so um distribution i'm going through distribution at the minute it's a nightmare because a lot of indie film people will will make the film just like me and be Mm. completely oblivious yeah like i did as well yeah i knew distribution was coming but it was sort of oh fuck that i'm having enough hassle yeah yeah. i'll worry about that afterwards and it is a minefield now one thing that you are doing brilliantly with the village in the woods it seems to me when you post stuff and and just looking at on on db and things like that it's going around the world brilliantly tell us a little bit about how you sort of accomplished that yeah well um so when when we'd finished obviously um with the film and we had the screener no one would touch it yeah just i just couldn't get any you know i mean i finished it in i suppose that was the main lock proper picture like everything just locked i think was probably it was definitely the last quarter of 2018 that sort of time period yeah the film didn't come out I didn't get a release, a digital release, its first distributor until October uh, 2019. So I had exactly the same troubles you had. Um, It was very, very difficult. What, What the big thing that I found that was the most difficult thing taking that traditional route, which is, I don't know, maybe that's what you're trying at the moment, which is to get distributors to actually look at the screener is them actually looking at the screener. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's a big, big issue. We use a platform called Indie, I-N-D-E-E. Yeah, I've seen uh, which yeah. Allow, yeah, and they, they allow you to do a free, one free screen on there, which is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, it gives you all the stats, so you can see if people have looked at it and how they've looked at it. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, we just couldn't, we couldn't get any pickup on it initially. Yeah. People were just weren't. <laughs> the problem was is. is that nobody was watching it. Yeah, it wasn't anything particularly else. They just weren't watching it. Um, Altitude, actually, funnily enough, a big yeah. company, they watched it all the way through, um, almost maybe one and a half times through. Yeah, they didn't want to take it on, but they were very complimentary of the film. Um, so that sort of encouraged us to keep going she can get a bit disheartened oh, at yeah. that point yeah <clears throat> did, you, get a sal- sort of did like, you think about getting a sales agent on board and looking? yeah i did i did and i couldn't 
I couldn't get them to look at it. Yeah. I could not get them to look at it. There were sales agents who came kind of uh, recommended loosely through other people that I knew and I knew that they'd helped them put out films yeah. and um, they'd just write back and just say, yeah, this one's not for us. And then I'd re- look and I was like, well, you haven't looked at it. <laughs> yeah. like, how, how do you even know? Yeah. And then there was like, obviously a couple of people that they just don't reply. Mm. Um, funnily enough, I spoke to an agent as well, big sort of, um, not sales agent, sort of big talent agent. Yeah. They just turned around to me and said, uh, I can always remember their line. It's hardly theatrical. Uh, What's their line to me? I know. Funnily thing is, it opened to 79 cinemas in Russia only seven weeks ago. So it is kind of theatrical, isn't it? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So what was the key? What, What was the turning point then? The turning point for us was finding a distributor with heart, with a bit of soul to them, and who were especially were kind of like new, didn't have lots and lots yeah. of titles on for the first one. Those chaps at that point were light bulb film right. distribution. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Really nice guys, Peter and Matthew. Straight as an arrow, really honest from you know, everything that I've seen from them. Uh we were one of the, I think we were I'm gonna probably correct me on this. I think we might have been their fifth film oh, okay. at that point. Because they're doing so, well now. They're big now, aren't they? They're really, really, really doing well, man. I'm happy to see that. And uh, they've been brilliant for us on, on this release. Now, getting them involved, yeah. like everything else in this business, on this side of it, enabled us to get contact. And you've got a bit of social proof now. You've got one that's put it out. Yeah. So they put it out on digital at first. They got us in contact with a US distributor who uh, came at us with an offer and uh, I didn't particularly like that first offer. So I just sort of turned it down and said, no. And uh, we waited. They came back actually a year later. I think it was almost a year later with a better offer. So uh, we went with them. And uh, that's what I found happened with it is that it went from one beat to the next beat, like a good story uh, that somebody connected the dot for us with us it was one thing that i always found out in this game it is far better if you get somebody else to speak for you initially yeah than it ever is when you try to do the talk because it's really tough industry there's a lot of doors that get closed in your face if you get someone else to just give you a little bit of leverage there Yeah. yeah which obviously we got with lightball so we moved into the one with the u.s distributor yeah. And then it was actually the US, we still actually, so we had Britain, uh, UK, sorry, and uh, the US and Canada, uh, but we didn't have any other territories yeah. um, at that point. And then we got suggested a sales agent. And once again, interestingly enough, and I hope this helps maybe you and maybe others, is that once again, this was a sales agent who had kind of gone out on his own. Mm. from a bigger company yeah i think he'd come from 20th century fox in the oh. marketing department yeah yeah and he'd yeah. gone out to film sales yeah and he has been dynamite he has been selling that film left right and center um yeah and currently we're coming up to um i think by the close this year it'd be 14 countries 
Wow, that's brilliant, mate. That's brilliant. And with cinematics as well, theatrical yeah. releases, uh, free theatricals, I think it will, will that's touch great. on. That's great. It's quite, the thing is, I find it's quite <clears throat> predatory um, distribution. Very. Which it, it, it pisses me off a little yeah. bit because uh, you've put all this work in and you th- and there are good people out there and you just need... Yes. And you could have a bad experience with distribution and think, oh, fuck it, and never bother. But what mm-hmm. you've done, you've carried on, you've kept pushing. I like the way that you got an offer from America, you turned it down because I yeah. think a lot of them are expecting you. Mm-hmm. They're sort of saying, no one else is going to touch it, so take this deal. So yeah, you, yeah. you use your integrity there. And I like that. I like that because it it's, it's, it's predatory. It's predatory. It is. It is predatory. And there's some silly, silly numbers come over the table. And, of course, you've got to appreciate the fact that if you don't have internationally known names in a title yeah. or uh, maybe like The Village in the Woods, even though The Village in the Woods is sort of um, – um, sort of bracketed into horror. The Village in the Woods really is more thriller mystery. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, as in, if you called it horror now, contemporary horror, no, 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 it's not. Contemporary yeah. horror is, yeah. you know the way contemporary horror works, like Insidious, it's things like that. Mm. Um, Village in the Woods isn't like that. It's a slower burn. Mm. So I can understand and appreciate for the distributor side of it that it's a, it's a harder sell because you can't sell a tin of beans and peas mixed together. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't work. So, but some of the numbers that come across the table and you've probably seen this, um, you know, uh, I've got hair, <laughs> just sort of hair just made its way to my mouth. Um, um, yeah. I mean, the numbers, they're just terrible. Yeah. And yeah. I think you have to, you have to just turn around and say, no, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not going to take that. You and know. the thing is as well, what I've, what I've come to understand is the world's a big place. There's lots of different countries. And what might not be right for the UK, I mean, currently mm. mine's in Australia and Israel they're looking at. I wouldn't Brilliant. have had a clue. But what they might not find, really, they might love it there. So mm. I think mm. the kit, and there's a lot of distributors that will try and get you to give them a worldwide uh, agreement. And then you are bound and I think the, the key is to be able to have those different junctions where you can give it to someone and they can look at different parts and you're not bound. I think the, the horror stories is when people sign these agreements for 10 years mm. and that's their film lost. So what you've done is, yeah. is fantastic, mate. And the, the, long, the length of time that um, oh. some people want it. it. Yeah, I know. So you've got to be really, really cautious of this. The other thing as well is, is for the love of all things, Cap expenses. Oh, Cap ex- There's two tips I will give. Yeah. This is a good tip. Number one, never go over 5K on yeah. expenses for dispute. Ever, ever, ever. You'll know this in business yourself. You know. The other one is use a company like Film Chain, who are CAM account. Use a CAM account yeah. for your returns. Mm. Take it away from you. I mean in your, I don't know with your situation, was your film, did you self-fund your film? More yeah. Or less? yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so mine wasn't, well, part of it yeah. was, but the majority of it was private yeah. investment. So, yeah. But a CAM account is brilliant because it's like a little bank account operating that isn't in the banking system per yeah. se, but yeah. it's a third-party place where distributors have to drop in that money yeah. and the chain of title, the waterfall, it goes out to everybody yeah. Yeah. who's entitled. It's yeah. nice. It yeah. keeps it clean. Yeah, Some yeah. indies don't bother with it. They don't think that they yeah. need it. Yeah. But it's, it's a really nice little 
little yeah. place to have that in, you know? Yeah, no, that's brilliant. And I think with all the things, you know, distribution, the way you got the, mm. the, the film made, it all talks about you as a person, a filmmaker, that you've spoke to actors, you've, you've made this script, you spoke to distributors, you've used your integrity. So I think if there's one lesson for people to learn is, you know, mm. have your head screwed on, be a good person, make connections and network because it's all, it, it will come round. You need a bit of luck, of course, but I think if you put yeah. that work in, which you've done, you put a lot of work in, you'll start mm -hmm. getting, you'll start getting the rewards and it's not bloody easy, but you know, what you, what you've done with that film is, is great, mate. So, you know, well done on that. I'm happy that it's gone out the way it has. Yeah. Um, it might be polarizing to some audiences. That's fine by me. I think that's all right for a 50-50 movie for people. I, yeah. I don't have an issue with that. Yeah. What um, what I'm happy to see is is that a film gets seen. Mm. I think it's like yeah. one of the biggest problems is it doesn't. You know, if people slate it or praise it, it's great either they're way seen. to me because yeah. they've seen it. And um, I, the the other thing as well in distribution, which I'll, I'll note to you, is that you know most people, most companies will not. As soon as a film has come out in one territory, no one now will consider uh, any place like India or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. Because The Village in the Woods has got the most videos on YouTube I've ever seen for something where it's a Hindi explanation of the film. <laughs> um, and they've got massive hits. So like you know, like a sort of 250,000 views on these things. Oh my so you can God. only imagine yeah. the amount of people that have actually seen it. Yeah, you know? it's mad. And, and there's, there's a soundtrack like. out there. Yeah, they've, they've released a soundtrack in India. They've released, uh, they've released cover art for the film. <laughs> You know, it's amazing yeah, the actual it micro industry yeah, going yeah. on in there, but you will it's, never ever be able to capitalize on those places, which yeah. is a bit sad, man. But you know, that's the way yeah. it works, I guess. Yeah, no, it's good. And from people like me, indie filmmakers, when I see your success, you know, and you say, Oh, I've sold it in Russia, I'm thinking, Yeah, good, go on, you know, get it because it's, it's yeah, yeah, a good boost for all of us. Because at times, you know, how difficult it is, at times, it's like soul destroying, so it's nice when you think. That you can you can get there. So so we've talked about that. Just quickly tell us a little bit about so where you are now because I know you're talking about your new film. Yeah, so yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I don't really want to say too much about the actual film itself. Ooh, okay. Uh, as in, like story wise. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but I will say that it's not horror. It's okay. a um, it's a drama, character driven drama. Um, it's it's got a little peppering of surfing surfing in it. It's got a little peppering of crime in it. And, um, yeah, it, it comes is, from a place. Has this, this come from a place what the, the village in the woods gave you? So the connections, th that's helped? Or is this back to square one again where you're on your own and, it's, and you've got to grow it? Well, um, I think uh, <laughs> it really depends. I mean, like, one of the things is, is that... Um, yeah, I have got contacts, which is brilliant. Yeah. So I've got contacts in post, which is brilliant. Um, obviously, I, I know um, some actors now who are known kind of faces, UK, at least UK known. Yeah. Um, but 
Yeah, I think one of the problems is, is that, uh, as you know, is that it's such a competitive, such a hard, fast moving industry that the only thing that I rely on to, for, for doing a film is that I just know that I will make that film yeah. and I know when I will make it. And if people come on board with me, uh, who I want to have come on board, brilliant. If I have to literally stand with a camera yeah, yeah. and tell what is what I think is a really strong, powerful, character-driven story, um, then I will. Mm, yeah, like, yeah. I will just make that film. I have an ambition to do another two movies over the next two years. So I want to get this one in the can, get it into post, then go straight on to the third, what would be my third feature. Um, so yeah, there is, uh, having known the, getting the contacts is very good. Um, but also the other thing as well is one thing that's very interesting with COVID is that loads of people are really, really busy right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're mega busy. So, uh, people's diaries are just booked up. Yeah. Like looking yeah. forward. Um, but the, what, the other side as well, obviously, is finance. Mm. Finance is always the yeah. one. Um, so for me, the way that I see it, once again, is that um, like I had the attitude with um, the village in the woods, is that I will make it come hell or high water. Yeah, yeah. It's just what will happen. And um, I believe that those things kind of fall into place. But what I found very interesting with that attitude as well is that as soon as you start displaying that, other people come on board. Yeah. I think people want to be part of something. And when you've got somebody who is, you know, because maybe we're a bit bonkers to want to... Oh, yeah. <laughs> sort of go, but that, that goes a long way, right? Yeah. Within it. Yeah. And I think people sort of like, they gravitate towards that and they like yeah. that. Yeah. They like the yeah. energy of that. Um, so I hope, I hope that... Um, I hope that having out a film the way this the first one's gone out will will help towards that. Yeah, I mean, but I don't think I can guarantee. I don't think I can guarantee it. <laughs> the reason the reason I I ask is because yeah. for me me personally, I haven't distributed my film yet. Um, mm. Yes, it'd be great to distribute your film, make loads of money. Someone throw money at you, make another film. The reality is that's not going to happen for me. But what it has done is give me the confidence. Because before mm-hmm. I was a shivering wreck, and of course I'll be nervous for the next one. But yeah, God, yeah. the confidence it's given me from our next to walk on set, to yeah. audition people, to get on that set and say, "Right, let's get." It, it, it's you can't you can't put a money on that. And I think, and it's like you say, you you've got that ignorance almost that I don't give a fuck. I'll be it is ignorance, that isn't it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, yeah, and you know yeah. you're going to make it. I know I will make it. Whereas when you do yeah. that first one, there's always that thing in the back of your head, like, oh, this is going to fucking fail. Or, whereas now it's like, oh, no. Oh, no, I'll get this film. Well, I totally agree. The only time is generally it's half three or four o'clock in the morning. Oh. <laughs> when I, you know, you go to the toilet and I stand there and I think, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, like for that brief, brief, brief moment, yeah. I might think, oh, my God. Yeah. What on earth? This is like this is like pulling a freaking millstone up a hill. What am I doing? And then I just go, you know, sod it, go back to bed. I yeah. wake up in the morning, I'm like, brilliant, bring it yeah. on, let's go. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, I think it's everybody's kind of in the same position 
um, at this stage until maybe I should say uh, in the right way until maybe certain other doors open mm. a little bit, which yeah. might be that you might go with a top tier agency as yeah. a director. And of course now you're getting presented yeah. to, to the companies that maybe you might want to try and reach now, yeah. which you're just getting lost in the noise out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. I think that it is a, it is a balance game there. It's, it's yeah. difficult. It is yeah. difficult. Yeah. And remember, and the other thing that I try and embrace is, I'm all, you know, if, some, if you dead end up in an agency and you get jobs given to you, you may never have the freedom that you have mm. now where you can write, I know. you can film what you want. So you could almost, yeah. and you see that with some filmmakers when they first start out, they're very raw and they're very, and then they sort of lose that because the money can, you know, I mean, it'd be awful thing to get all this money, but so there's something about that, isn't there? Having that connection, you brought all those actors on board and you've done all that yourself. There's something yeah, about Yeah, yeah. The, I, I agree. And I think there's also something, there's something quite exciting about uh, about indie film mm. with that with that energy behind it. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I, I'm not saying that it is because it is tough. It is tough when you've got limited budgets, and obviously, you know, you're sort of like scraping around yeah. for a sandwich budget if you're down <laughs> in that area, yeah. you know. And obviously, like, you can the, afford the, sandwiches. <laughs> why, my God? <laughs> no, only Haribo's for everyone. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think one one of the things is is that um, there was a there was a uh, famous U.S. producer, and he put it really, really well. It was in in one of his books. I forget the, the name of the guy, but he said that basically, when you work for a studio doing a studio film, it's like be, being in a gilded prison. <laughs> That's the way it is. When you do independent film, though, as freeing as it is, it's like being in the food hall in a prison. <laughs> and there isn't enough food so everyone starts fighting for those little pieces yeah. so everyone's fighting for that little bit of budget and you right. know so i think there are those there's these balancing dynamics which are going on but there is still something very exciting about making independent film yeah. i don't know what it is about it i think it I is mean, the freedom maybe yeah i think it is and i think there's what i always say what other industry will 20 people follow you follow your story for next getting mm. paid next to nothing and working yeah. 12 hour day 14 at well you know we're only allowed certain hours now but you know yeah yeah to give up their life for the next three weeks just yeah, if not longer trust, sometimes and trust, right? yeah and trusting your vision is that exciting there's no other interest really like it is there really it's, it's, i it's, don't it's, think so no well no i know no. i can think of but anyway Anyway, right, I always ask my guests for a bit of advice. Uh, It can be to a new filmmaker or it can just be advice in general that you've been given, Rain. If you could give us a bit of the best bit of advice you've been given or could give. Oh, my Lord, the best bit of advice. What are you thinking? Uh, uh, There's that many. Hmm. (laughs) There is that many. That's the problem. I think um, there's a saying actually, which I uh, like, and I'm going to because it's going to be on notes in my phone, so I'm going to actually have a yeah, quick yeah, look so I can say this one because it's good, and I think it's a it's a good one. It's from a chap called Have you heard of a chap called Seth Godin? 
Mm. You ever yeah. seen his stuff? He's really good. And um, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? It's about being selected. And it's about, where is it? Hang on a minute. Let me have a look. That's all right. I caught you off guard, didn't I? You have caught me off guard. It's like when stuff. someone says, say, say a good joke. And you're like, <laughs> and you're uh, like, I know thousands, but right now, I can't I think. don't know any right now. <laughs> uh, I had a good one when, on I first, with, when I was first trying to do my film, and, um, a filmmaker, oh, what's her name? I can't remember. I think she did pin cushion. She said, go with your gut. And I like that. Because sometimes... Go with your gut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes that is, you overthink things. And you just have to go with what you believe in and, and, and hope it, it works. And at least then you've got... Oh, okay. yeah. Well, I, this is it. It just came to my mind. I couldn't yeah, find it. Right. It's remove the tyranny of being selected. Choose yourself. And I think that's really, really key, especially for filmmakers. Yeah. Because I spent three years, and I think this could be in any business that you want to do. We're talking entrepreneurial here, right, generally. But I spent like, that three years running around, going to these different festivals yeah. and different business meetings. And I was locked into that space where people were saying, no, you can't, yeah. you can't, you can't. That's all you ever hear. And then I removed the tyranny of them selecting me yeah and i chose myself and now that films out in 14 countries and i think that just says everything about it yeah 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 and i think that's what we've got to do yeah pick ourselves yeah definitely. step forward yeah definitely in this industry there's that's the that, that that is the the only way really is is make make that difference it's it's exactly the same with me like i said to you about that previous script i did for five years ended up nothing my film was basically mm. me saying fuck it i'm gonna do it now i wasted five years did i waste five years i don't know i enjoyed no. the story but but yeah. it took me the same as you to say fuck it and you almost need that push that kick up the ass <laughs> yes you do right yeah Oh, I'm yeah totally <laughs> totally and it's exactly the same energy i take into the second and the third yeah, it's well, kind of like it. don't wait for people to select you. And the interesting thing is that when you do that, like I said, people start gravitating towards you. Investors that are like that in their own heads. Yeah, of course. Go, yeah. oh, I like that. Yeah, I'll definitely. have a punt. I'll go with that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's key. And one thing I say as well, you said that you spent like that five years on that screenplay, but I bet you've learned a lot. Oh yeah, within the writing realm of things as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. Oh yeah, you can't. Anything you do, you can't look back and regret it because it's all no. It's all learning. So yeah. school fees, mate. That's what they are. Yeah. Uh, and finally, I ask people for a favourite. I know if I ask you for a favourite film, you're going to have that many. Is the one I could you... give you one favourite film. Go on then. Okay. I think that I think that everyone should see. Okay, go on. It is the Great Beauty by Paolo Sorrentino. Yes, yes. And I think it is the most wonderful piece of filmmaking. And I have watched that film okay. countless times. And I even still think that Jep, the main character in yeah. it, it's so such a great movie that I. I often think i wonder where jep's having a coffee in rome right now because it's <laughs> yeah. just that it's yeah. one of those sort of films and yeah so i'd say that as a favorite yeah film. that's a great fit it's a stunning italian film. and it was on netflix but i think it's come off 
So I don't know yeah, where it has, but I, I own a copy. Oh, yeah, I, won't be, I won't be controlled by Netflix. Yeah, but yeah, people <laughs> should people should definitely watch that. Great, great pick. I was a bit worried then because we as filmmakers we have that many, but if you've seen one, that oh yeah, no, there's a list. Oh, of that, course that there is. Sort of that one, the top of them, you know. definitely. No, yeah. good, good, uh, good shout. That is. Well, look, Rain. If people want to get in touch or look at work or village in the woods, where would they go? Uh, so you want to see the village in the woods, depending on what country, and you can find it. You just like, like okay. <laughs> just Google it. It's easy. Like, be perfectly honest. <laughs> Big Ed. <laughs> oh my God! Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Yeah, I know. I never used to be able to say that, but actually, yeah, nice. it sounds really sad but true. Bing it. Bing it. <laughs> what about you? You got a personal website where you have your projects or anything like that? I have got a personal That's website. What I was going to yeah. ask actually. Sorry, you 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 opened yeah. your film production company, Break Three. So is that Break Three? Yeah, yeah. So that yeah, is that how can we get older into that? Is so that's breakfree.com. That's oh, it. Yeah. That's where you find that breakfree.com. B R A K E number three. Yeah. Um, and then there's rainmccormack.com and obviously I'm on the social channels um, yeah so Brilliant. that's me well look Google Ryan me. thanks thanks Google me thanks so much for coming on today it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure I knew we'd be talking for out I could talk all day to you mate to be fair I knew we'd get we'd yeah we should that, do this so. again man actually. yeah definitely let's, let's talk we, about some films again yeah possibly. what we should do between you and me over the next few months compare a list of films and then just yes absolutely batter them for a couple of hours because oh yeah go on love it go on proper have a proper have a geek out yeah but, yeah, yeah, let's do let's do a let's do a let's do a Fellini season oh and really God. alienate everybody. <laughs> I'll have to rewind and watch some for it. Oh God, he's trying to go back. You know, when you've seen a good film, and you think, yeah, yeah. Oh, I want to watch it again. It's just so many. It's. But, I know, yeah. I know. Well, Paolo's got a film out as well, hasn't he? Hand of God. Mm, yeah, he's dropping yeah. on Netflix on Wednesday. So I'm like, yeah. Chomping at the bit to watch it, and the missus is saying, "No, man, let's wait until the weekend." You know, yeah, I can't. I'm I know. Like, oh, it's like I, I want to watch it. it straight away. There's quite a few coming out up to Christmas now. Yeah, I know. Oh, and uh, Riders of Justice. Yeah, you said that that was like, dude. What, what about layered writing in that? Oh man, Matt, Matt I could we could do a, we could do an episode about Mads. I mean. Let's do a Mads episode. Uh, Let's go what back. Was, what to was the Pusher. one he just did uh, about the alcohol drink drunk? Oh, uh, another round. Oh, yeah, Thomas Winterberg. So, and, and we talk earlier about actors that can just mm. the camera just. Oh, no, right. oh, dude, listen, man, Mads. Uh, to understand how good Mads is an actor. Yeah. The best thing that anyone can go and see, in my opinion, yeah. was in actually Rise of Justice, when he is when he is basically what appears to be dying mm. at that tree. Mm. And when I first seen that, I thought, "Wow, that's brilliant." I, said, I watched the film again, and I looked at that, and I was like, "I said, like, my God, he like he embodies it. He was so good as well in Pusher." Like, yeah. what about um, the hunt? In reference, what about the hunt? The hunt. Man, the hunt. The hunt was incredible, <laughs> and what—that's Thomas Vinterberg again, isn't yeah. it? Man, and uh, you know th those guys coming from Dogman '95, right? Yeah, dude, man, like, yeah, I, another round. Yeah, it was very, very good. But the hunt, 
Oh. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. What a great storyline. Oh. Anyway, look. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> we need to finish. Anyway, look, yeah, thanks finish. so much for coming on. We'll definitely get back right. together again, mate. It's been an absolute right. pleasure. Look after right, yourself dude. and have a great Christmas. You too, man. Happy okay. Christmas. Speak to you later. Cheers, mate. Bye. That's it. Massive thanks again to Rain for joining me and also to you for listening. Uh, like I say, this is the start of 2022. We're going to have some amazing guests coming up this year. Make sure you follow the podcast. Make sure you like, rating and subscribe and all that jazz. Uh, the podcast streaming on the usual platforms, including iTunes and Spotify. On YouTube's, uh, on YouTube's, on YouTube, there's a 20-minute clip. On Facebook, it's My Way of Thinking podcast. Uh, Instagram's Mawat Podcast. And if you want to get in touch, email me, mawatpodcast at aol.com. Also, remember to go over to mancavemerch.co.uk if you want to have a look for cool and extraordinarily crafted um, stuff for your man cave or your games room. Or just something fun to put on the wall. Have a look. It's good stuff. Okay, until next time, God bless and take care.